the story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40 shots on goal was 40 shots on goal was a little deceiving. Yeah. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower-tier teams. Here's Johnny! Nope, this is Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, here on the Bleed Blue Show. Yeah, here on the Bleed Blue Show, the Ring Podcast, an all-star break edition, the concern episode, we're going to talk about the blue shirts over the last couple of games. You know, I was going to dive in a little bit with this smaller circus with the AHL and OHL. I'm going to push that back a week. Same thing with the teams. We were going to talk, what, Colorado Avalanche and uh, Edmonton Oilers. We're going to push that back till next Tuesday. We'll we'll get back into that when we get back to around the league. We need to focus on our blue shirts. And we might sprinkle in a little bit around the NHL. We'll do the deep dive with the other teams next week. But uh, the blue shirts, uh, the last couple of games, the Golden Knights at home losing uh, a game that got away from them in the second period. And then a game um, in Ottawa on Saturday where they put up a goal explosion in the second period. But what is the makeup of this team? Uh, we see changes in the lineup and shuffling in the lineup. Um, I have my thoughts and concerns, but w- let's talk about this. Uh, we got Glenn with us. Glenn, what's up, man? How you doing? The Ring Podcast with Ranger Pro. Let's talk a little bit of Blue Shirts today, man. What's up, man? How you doing? Hello. Are you up there? I'm here. Uh, I don't hear Glenn. No. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry about that. That's Scott. I'm sorry, Scott. What's up, yeah. man? How you doing? I thought that was Glenn. My oh, this is, this okay. Is yeah, no, I, I was waiting for Glenn as well. <laughs> Uh, I'm doing well. Yeah, no, no worries, no worries. Is it just the two of us? It's just the two of us, man. For now, okay. Um, You know, I, I, um, you know, we're gonna push back, get into the other teams till next week, uh, after the All Star break. Let's start with the uh, Vegas Golden Knight game, uh, Scott. And I, um, I think I have hella concerns with the defense. More so than yeah. goaltending in the Laviolette system, and I had I can pinpoint exact things I saw in that game, which really irate Ranger fans. And I know, and I know Scott, they kind of put a bandaid over it with the uh, you know the production in Ottawa, uh, a, a game that they lost earlier in the year in Ottawa. But let's talk about the Vegas game because we're talking about teams we probably would face if we were to make a deep run, and Vegas is at the top of that list from the Western Conference. That was not good. It looked like a carbon copy of the game previous week when we were in Vegas. So, what are your thoughts, Scott? In that yeah, that, that's not good. You know, when it, when it, when a team destroys, you know, when, when you get destroyed by a team like they did in Vegas, you hope for at least some kind of retribution. And it was it was a carbon copy. I mean, they were you know just equally just blown off the ice, uh, and you know very disappointing. The, the the and yeah, like you, you know you nailed it with you know we're all concerned about Igor uh, definitely. Like you know you know he, he we're we're comparing him to last year. He did this last year, but I, I'm not sure at exactly what point of the season he had you know fixed the problem and turned it around and uh, you know got back to his Desna form. But you know we thought maybe it happened a couple weeks ago uh, to get back to back one goal games. Um, 
but it's clearly not fixed. And, um, you know, we, we know he can be uh, temperamental, and I think uh, whatever's bothering him is probably in his head at this point. So we got major concerns there. But, yes, you also hit it with the defense. He's not getting the help he needs. Uh, and I do give Laviolette credit for, for shaking up the defensive pairs. Um, you know, I remember we, we, we were talking about that, uh, you know, weeks or months ago uh, as to whether – in fact, I think you might have asked it before the season started about, um, you know, whether or not we liked the pairs we had going in. You know, I like the personnel. There's really none of the six or seven that I can pinpoint. Uh, I mean, if I had to pick a weak, weak link at this particular point, I, you know, not, not that he's not a great player, not that we don't know what he can uh, – you know, the benefits he can offer to this team. But if there's a weak link on the D right now, I think it's Keandre Miller. He had a terrible, terrible uh, uh, giveaway that led to Ottawa's first goal uh, right in the offensive zone there. Um, I, I think, you, you know, he definitely took a step back, uh, I think, last year as well uh, from, from two years ago. Um, so I admire, um, you know, I give, I give Coach credit for, for shaking up the pairs, and he even, uh, he even split up uh, Fox and Lindgren, which, you know, we were, we were talking about whether or not the pairs should be split up. I think we were pretty much in agreement that uh, Fox and Lindgren were, you know, I, I think I used the term set in stone, um, but you know what? Uh, nothing is set in stone at this point. Um, you know, I, I just can't put my finger on what the problem is. I, well, I mean, you know, the defense is a problem, but again, I, I don't really see, you know, a weak link, but, but I would definitely at this point put Keandre Miller on the third pair. Uh, I, he's just not what we playing to his potential, um, you know, and the defense definitely needs to help Igor out. But that being said, you know, he's letting up some terrible, terrible goals, I think. Um, but, but everybody's to blame. Everybody, um, you know, you look at this roster, you know, you look at the, uh, you, you know, you look at our forwards and, and you think, you know, there's no reason that we, that we score one or two goals a game. I and mean, we, we, you know, there's just so much firepower there. And yeah, I mean, just disappointing. So you know, the original question was the Vegas game. Yeah, very disappointing. No retribution. No, no, you know, trying to get even at all. Um, you know, they just have these games where there's just they're just so blah, and just let the other team just take over. And yeah, I I don't think the Ottawa game. Um, I don't think the Ottawa game is, you know, <laughs> all's forgiven. It was nice to go into this nice long break on a good note there, especially since it looked like that game was getting away from them. But then, the, you know, the Rangers just turned it on a dime. And that's the frustrating part is the Rangers have the potential to do that. I know Ottawa's terrible. Um, and if they're going to do it against anyway, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean they can do it against the best teams. But, you know, the Rangers can do that. The Rangers can just take over a game. And that's what's so frustrating is just it just doesn't doesn't happen enough, uh, but it was good well, to see at least they finally did it, you know, against the team that they absolutely should have blown out of the water and they you know, took them longer than I would have liked, but they did. Well, it was a nice bounce back win, and it was especially nice to see guys that we wanted to get see get goals uh, on Saturday, and they did that. But this this is all revolves around the defense. I think this is the recurrent thing that Ranger fans have been saying. We've been saying it for weeks, maybe months at this point, and this is what's going to have to turn around. I would actually question the captain and Jacob Truba to get his defenseman teammates in line. Laviolette shaking up the defensive pairings is one thing. But if the captain is out there, he's got to be a voice out there, not just for the entire team, but especially his unit, 
of giving up. Um, and I mean, it's not the deep. It's not just the defensemen, but they are a big part of the why is happening. I got specifics from the Vegas game, and I'll go right through them right now. And I agree with you. Keandre Miller is the biggest culprit right now defensively for the Blue Shirts when it comes to the defenseman uh, unit. Uh, these there's been plays with the bad turnovers, like you said in Ottawa. There's been situations where he's been behind players, like in the Vegas game. Um, he's by far out of the group. He's been the the worst as far as defending. Now, it's really the how we looked in the slot defensively that's really got me back. I went back and watched the game, the Vegas game, Scott. Okay, we yeah. know Jonathan Marshall gets a fat trick. He's one of the hottest players in the league. Yeah. Uh, Lafayette gets his defensive parent shuffles. You see Lingren and Fox break up. That doesn't even seem right. They feel like a sitcom. It feels like a long-running sitcom. That, that's the two. The, the, the pair. It's almost feels like tag team partners. It feels like the Rockers, Janetti and Shawn Michaels, now they're breaking up and shit. You know? <laughs> that's what you kind of know with this regime of the squad. Now you see Ryan Lingren paired up with Brandon, Brandon Schneider. You know, and what really was bothersome was the the first goal that they gave him. It was the bottom pair, and it was also the la- It was the fourth line out there. It was VC, it was Pitlock, it was um, uh, Goodrow, Lindgren, and Schneider. And what I saw was the it what really started it. And and if I had to divide the blame, Scott, to me, it's seventy percent the defenseman, thirty percent whoever is in that, whether it's quick or, or, or Shesterkin. What I saw was when they gave up that first goal, the problem I saw in that sequence when Vegas kept the ball uh the puck in the in the uh in their own zone was the fact that it, it when it was that last line was out there, that fourth line was out there, Pitlick was not aggressive with the poke check at the blue line. That's where it all started. On that first goal they gave up against Vegas. It started with him really not attacking uh, defensively with the poke check or some sort of deflection of the puck right there. From it, from that point, it went all downhill because um, Nick Hagee got a clear directional pass uh, to Paul Cotter, and that should never happen. That's like a good, what, 25, 30 feet pass, a foot pass, yeah. and then – Lindgren was late coming over because I guess Pitlick was so lackadaisical getting to the point. Lindgren had to cut in front of Shesterkin to get over to Paul Cotter. And then if after that, the initial shot had went up. And then Schneider was behind uh, the, the goal scorer who scored on that deflection. So it was a, a, rot- a slow rotational play, you know, between Pitlick. Lindgren and Schneider that set up that first goal. But what really could, you know, I got a question for you before I continue because I could go into this more from what I saw in the Vegas game. I think Lindgren is hurt or banged up. I mean, it shouldn't be surprised because this guy's a physical guy. He puts his body on the line. But there was something I saw at that check, uh, Scott, with the uh, Keegan Colasar check on the boards. He didn't hit him clean, but he got him kind of slow. I think he's hurt. I don't know if he's playing, playing through an injury report. Do you know anything as far as Ryan Lindgren? Why is it possible why they gave up that first goal? Is him slow, slowing coming uh, across the, uh, in front of Shesterkin? And then also, he didn't get hit with a full check on the boards behind Shesterkin. He was he didn't get he didn't get hit 100%. He looks like he's lingering out there. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. I mean, we know how this guy plays. You know, he plays every game, every shift, like it's the playoffs. And, of course, that's admirable. Uh, and there's something to be said for that. But on the other hand, um, you, I wouldn't mind him, you know, taking it down a notch so he can get to the playoffs. Um, you, you know, he's got the work ethic that you, you want in every single player out there. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely not uh, – he did miss – well. I think he missed, what, one game um, with an injury a couple weeks ago last week, a couple weeks ago. So it's definitely a possibility that uh, th- th- that he might be uh, nursing something while playing and he's not at 100%. Um, you know, that's – again, it's admirable. Um, maybe, he's, maybe he's hiding something. I don't know because maybe he doesn't want to come out. And, you know, the, the, there's a fine line between, uh, you know, okay, that, uh, that, that I don't want to keep using the word admirable, but, uh, you know, there's a fine line between, okay, that's, that, that, that's great, that warrior mentality, and also, but on the other side of that line, are you hurting the team because you're not 100%? So I don't know. I mean, you know how they are with these injuries. You know, there's basically two types of injuries in the league, upper body and lower body. They don't very, get very descriptive. They don't like to uh, reveal the, the true nature of things. Um, and, again, we don't know if he revealed the true nature of, uh, of things. Um, the, you know, the fact that this team is kind of in panic mode, um, whether or not that's justified, I don't know. I mean, you know, after they could not possibly have been a, a worse last month, and we're still in first place. So, you know, the only thing is, is now they're they're out of time. Uh, you know, Carolina's finally arrived, and the Carolina's going to make us. You know, they they fought hard to get where they are, and now they're coming after us. So we are we are out of time to fix this. But uh, you know. Like I said, the, the silver lining here is that we're still in first. So, you know, you know, may, maybe being panic mode, Lindgren didn't want to, uh, you know, thought he, you know, maybe he's hiding something, nursing something, uh, you know, because he wants to be there, you know, on that first pair to, you know, to, to help the team. I don't know. Uh, but it is certainly definitely a realistic possibility that he's not 100%. Because you don't expect that out right. of him. Of all the guys you can count on, you know, defensively, you know, he is the number one guy. Uh, so, yeah, so he does not look 100%, so it's very realistic that he's not. All right. Let's get RP on. RP, what up, man? How you doing? Um, Scott and I were looking at what happened versus the Vegas Golden Knights and the Ottawa Senators, but if you was to ask me, RP, uh, how it happened against or has been happening, I'm, I'm going to go out and say 70% is the defense, 30% is the goaltending, uh, I think the defense, and I'll get into a little bit more of what I saw in that Vegas game, and I was just explaining the first goal, how we gave up with the, the bottom line, and how it was a slow rotation from Pitlick all the way to uh, Schneider and, and Lindgren. I got to get your thoughts, and then I know you got uh, news about you know Hedo, and I've been seeing in the tweets as far as him out indefinitely. Our uh, Pizzle, what's up, man? How you doing? Um, hey, guys. How's it going? Talk to shirts. Oh, man. Yeah. I think Vegas really pissed off Rangers Twitter uh, to start the weekend, even though after the Ottawa game with the blowout, you know, we kind of put a mask on it. But I think we're all looking at that Vegas game because we're looking at Stanley Cup implications. So, yeah, I think defensively, RP, um, that Vegas game, I, I could break it down as far as exactly what I saw. But what are your thoughts? And then, you know, you know, bring up anything, you know, with Filipino, 
uh, his status and where we go from there. I know we got the All Star Game break, so we can have time to rest and recover. So, your thoughts? Yeah, that <laughs> my thoughts. The Vegas game sucked, but it's the uh, it was the perfect example of how the whole month went. So, they're just not playing great defense. They're not scoring key goals. All those top status numbers that we had discussed earlier in the year, they're not in that top five anymore. And that's just what happens when everything kind of falls apart at the same time. Um, you know, I, I wrote an article about it a couple of days ago with the, you know, with the Heatle announcement. And they're in the same spot, if you think about it, that they were in in preseason. They're still looking for a right wing on the first line. They're not too sure about where their defense is. And now, unfortunately, Chesterkin's just not playing up to his level. Now, really quick, the Chesterkin thing can be worked out because Quick is playing really well. And I think if need be, you know, at the end of the day, we say you put the guys out there to give you the best. And if right now Quick has to take a little bit more of the starting role and let Chesterkin figure it out, then that's what you have to do if the Rangers are going to keep winning hockey games. I don't think you can keep – I know Robbie Lett wants to keep putting him out there to get him going, but it's February now. You know, and like Scott said, Carolina's catching up the Flyers until their last couple of games. They haven't been playing well. Everybody's chasing us, and now everybody's catching us. And I'm not so much worried about where we come in in the standings as long as we make the playoffs, but this team needs to be ready for the playoffs. And in my opinion, they're a little bit further away from being ready than they were in October and November. Um, defensively, you know, we can keep beating the same dead horse, but Kay Andre Miller was just struggling. And I had said before he should be sat a couple of games and watch a game from the press box, but now you have the Truba suspension. Now you have the lingering injury. So obviously, and I understand that's hard to do, but on the flip side, that's not going to make him play any better. If anything, that's going to put more pressure on him, more, let's say, unforced errors like he's been making. And, and that's not good. You know, the defense is playing bad, but let's remember, it's a five-man unit out there. Yeah, Andre Miller's really struggling. I, I don't think Schneider's played great. But as a five-man unit, they're just not doing their job, and, and it's, it's costing them points and all. The big guys aren't scoring. Um, Scott's favorite player. We can say how great the Lafreniere, Trocek, and Allen line is, but I think Lafreniere scored three goals in the last 30 games. So that experiment starting to go sour. Kako has scored on, on the third line a couple of goals, but he still hasn't shown that he can play on the top line. So what does Drury do in the next six weeks to make this team better? That, that's the question everybody should be asked. It's not what do we do with what we have now. We know what we have now. But what does he do? What magic can he pull out of his hat like he has the last couple of deadlines to make this team better? To answer what you were saying, Steve, about Hedo, I'm sure everybody saw the Rangers have shut him down for the year. He, he won't be playing anymore. And first off, they hope that he can be healthy. And then even though in his own statement on IG, he said he'd be back stronger than ever. Four concussions already can play a toll on a player. So we're just going to have to wait and see. The flip side, the Rangers have about another $4.5 million, $5 million now come the trade deadline to acquire maybe a couple of players at the trade deadline to help get them back to where they were. Yeah, I'm going to double down on the defense, but I want Scott to get his thoughts on 
what you just said, RP, about Hedo being out. And also, um, I, we, we've been on the same page about where this starts with the defense. And I'll, I'll have more examples from that Vegas game. Scott, uh, your thoughts, uh, what you heard from RP, anything else you'd like to add, anything you like to rant on? Matter of fact, Scott, I'll, 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 I'll instigate a little bit. Lafayette is the reason, one of the reasons why we're not probably going to make the next step is that missed goal attempt in that Vegas game. He should have he cashed in on that against Aiden Hill. But now you can go ahead and ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, well, for, first and foremost, um, yeah, Heedle, um, you know, his health, of course, and, 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 you know, is most important. And I feel terrible, um, you know, just about him personally, not, you know, how it affects the team. Uh, what, 25 and four concussions and, you know, unfortunately, you just don't, you know, he's just so brittle. I just don't see a long career for him, unfortunately. And that's just awful because he had so much potential of that kid line. Uh, you know, it's funny because he's the lowest, not that he was, I mean, he was also a first rounder, but, you know, he was the only one that wasn't supposed to be, you know, a, a bona fide superstar of the league. And he's, I think clearly the best of the three and we lost him. So uh, first, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully it is true that, you know, he comes back better than I I just, you know, the guy's got a history of concussions and I just don't, you know, I'm just, forgive me for being pessimistic, but it's just a shame. I just don't see this career going past another couple of years, but uh, you know, the good news is, you know, at least they had the foresight to, uh, you know, shut him down for the year because obviously he was not back 100%. And who knows if he got another one on top of it in, 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 in that practice or if maybe just something was discovered that they thought was not, I don't know, whatever the deal, that's that. Um, yeah, now on to Lafayette. <laughs> um, yeah, that, uh, are you referring to the one where he kind of came out of the corner and had that backhand and put it right into the guy's glove? Uh, mm-hmm. Is that the one you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, there's so many of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, so many, that yeah. Just, <laughs> that, that just sums it up. I mean, the good news is he has turned into a pretty good passer and a pretty good playmaker, um, but it's just so frustrating. Uh, I remember that was my biggest complaint about Buchnevich, uh, is is that he, uh, you know, just couldn't snipe what – you know, you don't even have to be an elite sniper to score on some of these. You know, I, I get it. He's not going to be an elite sniper, but, uh, I mean, he's just missing things that fourth liners can put in, you know. Uh, and, and that just summed it up right there. He made a great move out of the corner, nice backhand, you know, very similar to, uh, I remember if it was game one or two last year against the Devils, but when Patrick Kane had a similar one, he, you know, ran all the way down, kind of moved into the center, didn't look like he had much of an angle. In fact, I think he had Kreider. I remember saying, oh, my God, pass, why are you not passing? And they made a beautiful backhand uh, top shelf like that. Uh, and it was a very similar play. You know, he had the step. He had the, he had the angle. And, he, you know, anybody in the NHL should be able to go over that glove and hit that top shelf. And he just goes right into the glove. And that just sums him up. I mean, there's just so many of those. It's so frustrating uh, how that the goals that he does score are just – average goals and you know he he did that that play uh against hill it mm-hmm. just sums up 
him in in that he he's just you know the guy we thought we were getting scores on that and scores on all, every one of the or at least some of these opportunities and it's just so frustrating. Um, but again, it, it, at least he is developing in, in, into a good passer. And you, you know, Steve, you've seen yeah, you know, you've seen the online wars of the, the people defending him to to a T. You just, I mean, again, the only thing that you know, the leg they have to stand on is his age. But again, he's in his fourth year, you know, that kind of thing, being able to, to beat a goalie like that, he's not just going to develop into that. Um, you know, people are like comparing him to, to Kreider. Well, Kreider took eight years. Well, well that, first of all, that's a problem that it took Kreider eight years. But Kreider had the skills from day one. He had the speed, the size, the skills. He just didn't have the work ethic, and, and, and he didn't have the effort on a nightly basis. So that's a completely different scenario. When Kreider was on, you know, up until, you know, the, the first eight years before the 50 goal years, when Kreider was on and showing up, up, you know, he was an elite player. He just didn't do it anywhere near on a nightly well, basis, so it's not the same. Well, can I answer Jeff real quick? Oh, yeah, let's sure. continue real quick. Let me answer Jeff about Kreider because I think we all can agree that type of roster Kreider was on in his earlier years was so defensive-minded. So their whole game was shifted about playing defense first and then capitalizing on opportunities next where you had a younger version of Kreider and that's where he excelled where if you play good defense he could he was a one man breakaway totally different system totally different scenario and a younger Kreider who was a you know is a fast big skater so yeah um yeah there's no comparison at this point between the two yeah yeah and i just don't see like next year you know Lafreniere coming out uh, and just being able to, you know, you, you don't, you're not going to develop that kind of, uh, you know, ability to, to, to out-snipe a goalie. You either have it or you don't. We thought he had it. He had it up until the league, but four years in, we know he just doesn't have it. And also another thing is, is his, he's lazy. Um, you know, you want to talk about work ethic. I'm not, I mean, I'm not especially doubting it. Well, yeah, no, I guess if you're lazy, it is your work ethic. Uh, you know, he's not hustling. You'd think he's under the microscope uh, at this point. I like, I, I'm getting so tired of seeing that face. You know, he makes that face. He throws his head back and, <laughs> and he goes to the bench and pouts. I'm getting so tired of seeing that. And then he's dragging ass up and down the ice. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we had a good start, and we thought, okay, maybe he's finally arriving, but he's just not. Um, and again, the only you know, he he can fit on that top six because he has become a pretty good passer and pretty good uh, playmaker to set it up. But the problem is, you know, set it up to him for for you know a one timer or a glorious opportunity. Uh, you're just better off giving it to someone else. And it's getting frustrating with him. It's gotten frustrating with him. I, the next time I see, let's say, Lafayette has a, a clear shot, a one-on-one with the goal, and he blows it, I want to see his, his face or the smug you're talking about. Cause I, <laughs> I, you Hearing you rant about it sounds funny as hell. So I know he's doing oh, it, you, so I just got to go back and say. No, you I'm never not, noticed that? It's when they, when they did the whistle, sometimes I look away, you know, see if RP needs help on Twitter. I, I'll look online or something, I, like when they're in between whistles, you know what I'm saying? So sometimes I don't want yeah, to see you don't the help. facial. Yeah, but I never, <laughs> I never see you helping RP on Twitter. You just let me get buried. 
And <laughs> no, no, no. It's buried, I do. I know you're home thinking, should I help RP? And you're like, nah, let him go down. Screw it. I'm not getting my name on it. Nah, and nah, I've been nah, the Calvary's coming. Uh, the Calvary's coming. Nah, nah. I was... <laughs> yeah, the coming, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but let yeah. me, um, listen, Scott, you couldn't have said it better. And that was a thing. I was, I knew you was going to say that on this episode. When I saw that happen against Aiden Hill with Lafayette, I said, man, Scott's going to bury this guy on Tuesday. <laughs> he rightfully oh. so. Uh... <laughs> I didn't wait to Tuesday, boy. I was burying him throwing shit at the television set. No, <laughs> it's just he, you know everything. Right, everything he said is right. Everything Scott said is right. It just and it's, I, he's I not knew the he first. Was say that. He's right. You yeah. remember Lafreniere is is not the New York Rangers first. Never mind that he was first overall, which is even worse. That he's just not of the first selection that has gone bad for the Rangers over the years. There's been many more worse, many more first-round picks that have gone to crap than have been successful, unfortunately, for the Rangers. So it surprised me for how highly talented he was coming into the draft. I mean, if you asked anybody, anybody who had the number one pick that year was going to take Lafayette. Now, I've heard mixed opinions. Lafayette is struggling because he was on a team that really didn't deserve a number one pick, and there was nowhere to play him and all this other nonsense. He's playing with Panarin and Trocek, two all-stars. Panarin would have been an all-star if he didn't have to, you know, with his family and the baby, which is great. God bless. But in all essence, he's playing with two all-stars, and he can't figure it out. And, yes, he's grinding better, and he's becoming a better passer, and he's playing better defense. But on that line, he needs to score goals, which goes to – right back to where we were before, what do the Rangers do about the right-wing problems? Because it's not just the first line. It's, right now you can say it's the second line. You can't go into the playoffs where we are because we're going to be talking about locking in the team in game six to not be eliminated or to eliminate a team. It's going to be the same conversation. It's going to be the same conversation. How is Blake Wheeler the first line right wing. We had these folks and Jimmy BC was up on the first line last year or the year before. Maybe it's time to bring Offman up, struggles or not, and say, here it is. Show me what you can do the next 15 games without looking over your shoulder. Get comfortable, play, and go. He's excelled everywhere he is. And I'm not, I'm not saying to put the pressure on him either, but given where the Rangers are now and they're in a good spot, they're going to make the playoffs, you got six weeks before the trade deadline. Isn't this the time to say, let's see what we really got? Keep them on that line for a while. Don't keep bouncing when things don't work out. Or do you take our almost $5.3 million in deadline space, plus trading another probably roster player, and go get a solid player? Now, of course, Scott and Steve, the question comes up, who? Who would you bring over as a rental? You know, there's so many things to look at. Would you go for a defense team? Would you go for a right winger? Are we looking for a top six right winger? We want to bring in another third, fourth line player. We have too many of them. We just got rid of Benino, who was an excellent killer, a good face-off man because he was just nowhere to put him on a team filled with six solid third liners and fourth liners. So it's not as easy as just having the money. Now, now what's the fit? Because now they have the money. They have all the Heatles' money for this year. So getting a rental person is perfect because if Hedo does come back next year, the guy you pick up probably might not be here. So 
the focus shouldn't be on how bad they're playing. The focus is how do we fix it? How do we get back to where we were in October and November? Is it the goal? Okay. You know, Chesterkin has been 30%. made. 30%. Here's, here's the problem with, with, with Chesterkin. We can say he's 30% the problem, but he hasn't made that big save when it's needed. Down 2-1, up 2-1, a tie game, you need that big kick save or something. Hasn't happened. He makes big saves when they're up 5-1 or when they're down 5-1. But if you think about it, since he's come back from his injury, whatever it is, and, and when I jumped on, I heard Scott, you know, elaborating on injuries and lingering and all of that. If he's hiding an injury, then get him out. Because the worst position you could be is a goalie who's playing with some sort of injury because it's definitely going to get worse. His confidence is totally shot. You've got a backup goalie that can carry the load that's won the cup three times that knows what it is to carry a team when need be until Shetzirkin can find his game. So, the, like I said before, your goalie situation could be resolved. Your right wing might be – and now maybe you need another center because then you lost Kito. You know, everyone says, well, you need good draw on a team to make it to the playoffs. Now, if you keep getting knocked out in the first round, good draw has, hasn't scored in what, 17 games? I mean, I don't, I don't remember the last time Goudreau scored a goal. And I'm not knocking his ability, but for what they're paying him, I mean, you've got to consider moving him at the deadline, don't you? You've got to consider moving Kako at the deadline. I mean, how long are we going to wait for these guys to, to produce in a what sacrifice? I mean, Kako's got, this year he's making 2.1, and then he's a restricted free agent with arbitration rights next year. What do you offer him? So it's not just looking at now. You know, you, you, now you have to look into the next season. I, I don't. I don't know. You know, Barkley Bedreau. He's got three years left after this. It's a million a year. He signed with us until the end of the 27 season. There's no way he could stay here with us. How, how do you spend that money? He's 30 years old now, and he's barely doing his thing. So the Rangers have, you know, more than a few problems to have to deal with. I mean. You can say Blake Wheeler is 37 and he's on the upper end of his career, but he's only making 800000 If you move him or play him, it's not costing a lot. The drill is just costing us a fortune for what he's putting out. You know, Kako's making 2.1 and, and he's restricted. And you'll see what happens. Because we've discussed this before. Lafreniere's in the same spot. He's making 2.3 and he's a restricted free agent with arbitration rights. What do you offer him? I mean, these guys aren't don't deserve to be making three million a year, so I don't I, I don't see how you don't move one of those three guys at the trade deadline. You know, that's two million somewhere gone off the books plus the five we have. You bring a guy or two back, he can make if and he's made a lot of good moves, Drury, at the trade deadline. I think he can make the right moves to make the team better without hurting the team chemistry. I mean. It, it's a very odd situation, you know. I've been hearing K. Andre Miller's name coming up on a lot of trade talk. They they signed him. He's making three point eight the next two years. The thing with him is that you have control over him when his contract's up. But is that control two years from now worth not making a move now? It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough decision. You know, what's more important to improve on because it wasn't addressed earlier in the year. Drury's biggest mistake this year is not addressing the right wing situation. Knowing what he had last year. Well, and, 
and, and coming over to this year. He didn't really well, improve it. Well, well, he didn't at the time. He didn't have to improve it because you thought we were always talking about Capocacco. He was going to be that void, but obviously Kako has been out a lot of this year, and that, that put a damper on plans. If you're saying about more of an insurance for Capocacco, that's what Blake Wheeler was supposed to be as far as a you know insurance guy go up to the first line, but. Uh, like we all have been saying, he's more of a third line ringer at this point in his career, coming over from the Jets. So I think I, I didn't think. Yeah, you know, you know what, I, I didn't think. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I didn't think he was supposed to be a, a first line guy. You know, maybe in a pinch here and there, but not as consistent as they yeah, have pinch, been yeah. playing him. But you know, if, if the Rangers to think this was going to be the year the Kako broke out, I don't know what would give them that impression. If you look at his last couple of years and I'm not knocking them all but last year in 82 games he scored 18 goals the year before that he had seven he had nine he had ten and this year he's got five now, I understand that he was hurt but before he got hurt he wasn't producing I don't understand another year they put their eggs in the basket and now here we are in February almost February, well, you know and and now you're in now it hasn't panned out so was there a plan B I and think... please don't tell me I think the speculation was if you change the head coach from going from Gallant to Lafayette, then maybe he could reach the young guys like Lafayette did with Claude Giroux in his earlier years or or somebody like that. Now, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying what their plan was and it backfired. That's what I'm saying. Um, but they've done that three they've yeah, done that I, three times, right, Scott? They did that with Quinn and then they went to Gallant. And now all that didn't work out with Gallant, mm-hmm. so now we're going to go with Laviolette. You know, the coach could only get so much out of the player. Mm-hmm. Like Scott was saying with Lafreniere, it's just not there. What, what we thought we were getting, weird, how we, it, didn't, it didn't transition from minor league hockey and college hockey and OHL and all of that stuff to the NHL level, and it's the same thing with Kako. So maybe this is the time that you cut your losses. And, of course, no one wants to trade a second overall pick and or a first-round overall pick. I, I get that. But sometimes if you're doing it for the benefit of the team, then you have to swallow your pride and say, this didn't work out. I mean, they did it with Leah Sanders, and it was just easier because he was making mistakes everywhere, and there were problems, yada, yada, and all that going back and forth. Home, you didn't want to go to AHL, all that crap. So it was easier. But, in essence, it's the same Failure, unfortunately. Crafts yeah, off. It was I, the same failure, right? You, you know what I'm saying? Somewhere right. you have to say, and this just didn't work out. Let me get something. You know, cause there still might be a value out there for Lafreniere and Kako. Someone might say, oh, this guy's working out system. Well, then this is the time to move him. This is the time to move him, especially now with your salary cap improving because you need a long-term injury. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know Nothing's if they will. Nothing's off the table, so I'm with I, it. I don't see them trading both of them, to be honest with you. But if you're not going to trade both of them or throw a good draw in there, you better get the best right winger available that, because it, this isn't going to work going into the playoffs. The teams know this. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we talked about it, what, a couple of months ago when the Rangers went to Ottawa, and we were saying that. Well, I know I was saying that at the time on this show. I said, hey. Let's go back and go get him, Vladimir Tereschenko. There goes a, a guy who was with the team, 
uh, in the previous year, a team in Ottawa that is struggling. And I remember the conversations we had on this show at the time that Ottawa may keep them, that Ottawa may go on a run. And I said, nah, I don't see that out of Ottawa, not, not in that division. So what is Ottawa selling with Tereshenko? What do you want? You want Capacaco? You want to throw in a good draw or get a third team in there? We could make a deal. I, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for a move like that. I don't know what Scott would feel about that, but that's a guy I've been saying since the time we played Ottawa the first time and we lost that game. Um, real quick, I want to go with Scott real quick and get his thoughts. Uh, you know, RP, I'm with you on Shesterkin needs to make some of these saves. I'm not even going to apologize for Shesterkin because you're right. I look at the the work, and I, no, I, I want to come back, come back to me about that because I want Scott to weigh in because there's more defensive issues that we have. And oh, I only yeah. talked about maybe 40% of it on this episode. I want to get to the rest of it from that Vegas game. Scott, anything you'd like to add, and then we'll come back to me, and I'll, I'll drill down into that. You, any thoughts as far as is Tereschenko an option? Do you like that option, Scott? You have a, uh, who, who, do you want us to ship off Lafayette or Kylo, or how you would like to do that? What do you think Drew's going to do? And we'll continue this conversation. Yeah, I, I'm perfectly okay with with, with trading both uh, either or or both uh, of Kako and, La, and Lafreniere uh, because you know like like we pretty much agreed. I I don't see you know they, they're both gonna have you know probably long careers, probably like 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 Zuccarello type careers of of you know forty fifty maybe sixty points, uh, you know. But, but under the radar of of the elite, uh, which means that they're both replaceable. Um, so I'm okay, and 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 you know I I don't think we're gonna get anything above that out of either one. So we're talking about second, third line guys. In reality, I know that they're both in first and second, but in reality, they're second and third line guys. They're both young. They still have value. Um, I know that you know there'll be Canadian teams all over Lafreniere because from what I hear, like like all of Canada is pissed that we 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 like broke the guy. Like Canada blames us for like ruining the guy because you know this was you know before Bernard this this was the you know the next big Canadian thing and they think that we ruined him. So I can see him uh, going north of the border, uh, you know, to a team like uh, like 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 Calgary because they're apparently about to uh, you know they're they're in free fall and and they're probably looking for somebody young and cheap uh, that, that they can you know help one of the guys they can build a team around. Um, I, I don't. I honestly don't know how Toronto could possibly add anyone else, uh, for no matter what they make. <laughs> but they seem to always be adding these these multi million dollar contracts. I, I don't. I don't. I gotta look at their numbers. I, I don't understand how they're under the cap. They remind me of Pittsburgh, uh, like 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 five, six, seven years ago. I, I when they were just adding guys like Phil Kessel and just just adding big names left and right. I just I don't understand how they're under the cap. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind trading either or because I, I don't think. You know, neither of them is elite, which means they're replaceable, and it, it's just frustrating. And while they're not making any money, uh, you know, we, we could uh, we, they could definitely uh, get some good returns for it. Uh, yeah, I, I, Tarasenko, absolutely. Um, you know, I was discussing that with a friend of mine the other day, and thinks that he's done. I don't think he's done at all. What is he? Thirty? What is he? Thirty? Two? Thirty-three? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, thirty-two. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so he's, he's certainly he's not. He's only scored five more goals than Kako. Just to right, put it in okay. perspective, and I know he's a better and I know he's a better player and all. But when you're looking at what they're looking for, it, it's not a huge 
It's a better player probably. Well, definitely. But point-wise, he's what, Kako's got eight goals, but, and, and he's got 13. On a bad Toronto you team. Would think. Yeah, and he's on a terrible well, Ottawa team. I mean, he's on a terrible Ottawa team. Right, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Ottawa I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, they got him. They got Drew. Ottawa was supposed you, to be. What, let me let me but let me ask you both. Then. What do you? How would you see if you were to pair him with a Trocheck and a Panarin when they're playing? I mean, oh, absolutely. Well, you know, they played with Panarin last year, and it was Trocheck played with Panarin. I'm sorry, Tarasenko played with Panarin last year, and it was good and it was bad. And I'm not being the pessimist here. I, I think anyone we get is going to improve what we have. To be honest with you, but I just don't mm-hmm. know if. I just don't know if that's the direction I'm going to go to on a rental. I don't. I just don't know. I, you know the power play, the Rangers' power play was freaking awesome to begin with. What happened? They just stopped shooting. They they started getting fancy again. Earlier in the year, put the puck on that, put the puck on that. Now all of a sudden they're zigzagging and they're making the perfect diagonal. But the entire team thinks they're on Timmy Panarin. It's the problem. Look at K. Andre Miller. Every pass up the middle gets intercepted. So I, the power play is, is where it's at. I don't know. I just don't know if Tarasenko is the fit that we need. I'm, but I'm also thinking, guys, I'm thinking long term. If you're going to trade Lafreniere and Kako, I don't know if they want an unrestricted free agent. Right. right? right. I get that. I understand. I'm going to give up, yeah. If I'm going to give up a second overall and a first overall or a first overall, do I want, I'm not trading a rental player for that. And that's, so, that's what would happen. Yeah, I would so, definitely want to draft him yeah, yeah, there as well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And really quick, Scott, when you're talking about Toronto, the reason why they keep adding, they have five guys on injured reserve. Two on ah. injured reserve and two on long-term injured reserve. So they have no cap space, technically. They're at, they're, they're, they're kept, because of their long-term, they're able to work it out, but they have no deadline cap space available at all. Because two of those guys are coming back this year, and then they're going to have a so, problem. So... so. Uh, Scott, before we continue, uh, I, I wonder, because I know we have this theme on this episode where, you know, everybody's to be a blame, and we, I think a lot of the blame, I I think we're all in agreement, what is with the defense? I mean, as much as we give them props and of a probably of an MVP type of season, and, and Artemi Panarin, he was the reason why the Vegas Golden Knights got got that second goal because of his block pass attempt. You know, not not gonna you know blame him, but it happened. Uh-huh. He set up the Colasar goal. So, uh, so bad turnovers, bad passes, bad breaks, set up you know uh, you know situations where Shesterkin probably could have made the save, but he didn't. But also the other play that I saw where I was talking about Pitlick earlier in, in, against that fourth line versus Vegas was when Schneider did not pick up on a, even Barbershop. And it, it was Correct. a 45-degree angle at the net, you know. I thought Johnny mm-hmm. Rosinski did a good job jumping on, on Roy in the corner. But, again, the, the defense was slow. Schneider was slow getting on Barbershop, and that set up the uh, the, the redirection on Marshall. So, I, it's like I could blame Shesterkin for that goal, but it was more if you was to ask me looking at the play, Schneider slowing to get, you know, jump up on Barbashov and then the goal, a couple of goals before that, when I was talking about Pitlick at the blue line uh, against that defender on the fourth line, you know, on Nick Hayes. Right. So, mm-hmm. it, to me, it's been that. A lot of that's been that. I, I think we're at a perfect time. And this is my last point. 
let's recover. Let's, you know, let's, yeah, there's maybe there's some moves to be made and trades and all that. But defensively, maybe they need a break. Go to the All-Star break, Toronto. And then, you know, a big test versus Colorado when you come back. Let's see if they coaching can clean up that part defensively with the lackadaisical. Maybe we pinpoint a little bit of the injury on Lindgren. That what led up to that first goal. And then, and then, you know, strategically, defensively, if you could sure up your rotations, especially in the circle and along the boards, you should not be giving a 45-degree shot on goal attempts, clear lanes, and then it's, it's, it's going to be a disaster, whether it goes off our stick or some or, the, or their stick on a redeflection, man. I mean, that's going to be hard to stop, mm-hmm. especially with the way these guys, these are professionals. So I, that's kind of where I want to stand with that. Uh, anything else from you guys before we go around for final thoughts? Or? Yeah, so how about that whole fiasco with Team Canada, huh? Five guys <laughs> all take leave of absences, all got indicted. Well, three of them. We're indicted today on sexual assault. The other two will be Shit. indicted this week when they turn themselves in. And now all the teams have to terminate their contract. They're being paid yeah. right now, actually. Uh, they, took, they took the leave of absence. They, they were granted, excuse me, the leave of absence. And uh, I read today that uh, the Flyers goalie, McLeod from the Devils, and I forgot his name. Forgive me, Fort Meyer. I think it was the, the player that went to, I think it was Switzerland. Well, he went overseas when he, was, he wasn't former. He is a former NHL player. They were indicted today. Of course, they're all saying they're innocent. But the team's already going to have to release them, terminate their contract. And the trials won't even start until 2026. Oh, damn. Wow. But you want to know no, something? No, before we could see. Uh, okay. Yeah. I know what you're going to say. Everyone's innocent. I, I grant it. But just to be tied up in that from 2018, it's, it's just a black eye on Team Canada, international hockey. And, and I'm sure I'm sure these NHL teams, when they vet their players, knew there was something going on because it was a, a big deal. So, I mean, it's, it's a black eye on the NHL on top of the All-Star game. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, no, it, you know, no. that to me. Shoot, I thought, and also, no, but not just with Team Canada, but on a lighter note, well, maybe depending on how you look at it, RP, I thought you were going to blow a gasket on on Facebook when the uh, stadium jer- sweaters were revealed. Oh, uh, those jerseys suck. The only thing worse than those jerseys are this weekend's All-Star jerseys. Yeah. I am sorry. I, I know I'm, I'm 54. I'm the older guy. You go and look back at all-star jerseys, when they used to be the Wales and the Campbell Conference, uh, the year the Rangers won the cup. Patrick Go back and, and look at some classy hockey jerseys, and you look at what they're wearing now. So first of all, the three-on-three garbage is horrendous to begin with. I'm more excited to see the professional women's hockey team play their three-on-three than anything else, because those have been some great hockey games, because I've been watching those. And then to wear those jerseys, and then for the stadium series, the only jersey that looks good is the Flyer uniform, and that's because it's the same logo. To me, the mm-hmm. Ranger jersey is a total bite-off Team USA jersey. It's the same sweater. <laughs> I don't I, – and, and I love the Team USA sweater. Don't, don't get me wrong. I would have rather well, the third jersey that they came out with is the Stadium Series jersey. Those things are horrendous. They're horrendous. It's almost, and I, 
it, it's like they were inspired by Team USA, but whoever, first of all, whoever's been designing the Rangers jerseys for the last, like, I got to assume it's the same person or, 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 or think tank of people for the past, like, three, four years now. So, yeah, so with these, uh, with the stadium series games, they probably looked at them and said, let's, uh, let's be inspired by the USA jerseys, except let's not make them anywhere near as good. Near as uh, Thank you. Once again, <laughs> you, you know, just, just like with the alternate jerseys where they, where they put the giant logo on the front uh it's like they were designing it there with the computer and uh accidentally (laughs) clicked the mouse the the enlarged it three times and nobody Mm -hmm. could figure out how to hit the undo button and they made the same mistake with these with that nyr the the end that like like the font is like a size 96 and it should be like a size 60 um so if they if they had Made them reasonably sized letters, and I and 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 the armbands, the color, the the red and blue armbands, oh, if they tone those they down to like a normal, uh, to like what they normally have, they'd be tolerable. But it's like they went way too big. Uh, once again, I think they missed a glorious opportunity. If yes. it's me, I take the. Uh, the, the the heritage jerseys, which I absolutely love, those are it's a tie. My favorite Rangers alternate jerseys of all time. It's a tie between the 2012 Winter Classics, you know, those cream with the with the big mm-hmm. like yep, the long the uh, classic logo. Mm-hmm. In fact, I just ordered one of those. I got one of those on the way. I ordered a Callahan, and it's funny you mentioned the women's team. I also have a uh, an Alex Carpenter uh, of the of the the teal colored uh, women's team jerseys coming as well. Um, Very nice. So, yeah, so I, the, the, my favorite two two Ranger jerseys are the 2012 Winter Classics and the Heritage jerseys, the navy blue that said New York. Mm-hmm. And, um, New York you know, they originally brought yep. them out on the 85th, and then they wore them for a few more years. I think what I would have done, I would have made a white version because they're on the road, obviously. i take that jersey, i I flip it and make it a white version, and there you go. I mean, it's, they're, they're trying way too hard. Um, you, you know, like, remember when they came back with the uh, with the, with, with, with the statue? Liberties, um, the first ones that they uh, came back with. Okay, great. Like you know, you know. I mean, a lot of people liked like the uh, the Lady Liberties from back in the day. So I was okay with that. I was okay with that. So they, they you know, they brought back the navies, put a little twist on them. I like those. And then they come out with a new alternate two years later or the next year. What do they do? <laughs> Same exact thing. They just change the blue. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they just they just stop trying. They just stop trying. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. I was gonna say. Uh, I was gonna say. Let's uh, get to the final thoughts on this. Sky, if you continue on, give us your final thoughts. Give us like one or one or two minutes. Same thing with myself, and then RP could close us up. Uh, final thoughts. Okay. Well, we covered the, uh, the atrocity that it, let's also cover the atrocity of the band. Um, they got this, uh, I don't even, it's three initials. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I guess I it's better than, yeah. It, and, and people are in some hipster trash thing, uh, that, mm-hmm. you know, people are like, well, they're, they're from New York. Okay. Well, you know who else is from New York? Kiss, Billy Joel, uh, two of the three surviving members of Run DMC, two of the three Beastie Boys. Why don't you combine the two, the two of the three Beastie Boys and the two of the three Run DMC that are still alive, and boom, there you go. There's the band. Uh, LL Cool J is from New York. Queen Latifah is from New York. So don't tell me that because these guys are from New York, it's a good pick. I, it's unbelievable. Yeah, like, like who, who plans is. this crap? Uh, so the good news is when I go to that game, at least I don't have to go in early. <laughs> and, I know, and I know exactly when I can go oh, to the yeah, bathroom. It's like when you go, 
It's like when you go to a concert uh, of a band you like, and, you know, like, hey, when do I go to take a piss? And then you wait for them to play something off the new album. Uh, well, that's every that's song right. they're going to play for this one. So I know exactly no. when I can piss, when, uh, when, when, you know, like any other game when the period ends. Uh, so that's, uh, that's and my last thing I want to say is I do want to uh, issue an apology. I was not here last week, but two weeks ago, um, we were talking about the Oilers because they were, what, 10, 11 games into that win streak. And I actually, I was looking at the scoreboard, and I thought they had lost to Toronto, but apparently we, I, I really screwed that up. They were down. It was the first period. They were down. So I actually, I had said that, uh, okay, their, their, their nice winning streak had come to an end. And that was two nope. weeks ago, and it's still going. Uh, so they are in. 16 now and the good news is is uh they have removed the devils from you know the devils had that 14 gamer last uh last year so they have uh knocked the devils off of the conversation of the longest win streak in recent history so thank you edmonton oilers for doing that for us <laughs> all right Shots to Scott. i'll be real quick defense 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 let's fix that i mean we have we have our issues we have some fires to put out I think the coaching staff and the assistants are going to drill down on how to mask that or try to magnify, get better production from that part of the uh, team. There's going to probably be some acquisitions like RP alluded to. I I, I get that. I, I don't blame. I don't go, go past Drury about that. He's been doing it the last couple of seasons. So why not this year? Especially the, the position that we're in. So defense, defense, defense. Good episode, guys. And RP, go ahead and take us out because we'll be back next Tuesday. Same time to discuss blue shirts and also Oilers and Avalanche. Go ahead, RP. Close us out. Close us out. The third jerseys suck. The all-star jerseys suck. I will not be watching the all-star game because three-on-three hockey is not hockey. I will watch the draft, though. Kind of get a kick out of going back to high school in the schoolyard and see who gets picked and who gets last and who gets the car and whatever. The draft is kind of fun. I'm glad they went back to that. But other than that, I don't even waste my time with the All-Star game. I just It's not supposed to showcase the sport, and it does the opposite. So uh, I'm not, I've written about that plenty of times. I'm, I'm not a fan of it. Um, and then everything we all said, now this is when, and I wrote this, now Chris Drury is working. These are the month, month and a half when he has to really do his job to get this team to that next level. And, uh, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. If he can pull off a couple of blockbusters, make something happen so this team can now vault forward and, and make a deep playoff run. You know, Jonathan Quick, guys, play quick more. He's hot. He's confident. Use whatever you can use and whatever resources this team has to win hockey games. And if it hurts Chester concealing, so be it. Because right now we have a goalie with zero confidence. And it's really hard to win in the NHL when you're not confident that you can make a save so you shall see what happens keep following me on empire sports media inside the rink facebook twitter instagram please stop fighting with me <laughs> i'm just voice, i'm just trying Calvary's to voice coming. my opinion what yeah the cavalry bet we better start winning again because i can't keep my mouth closed on some of these things people are saying so it's not all over mm. the sun's going to come up tomorrow we're still in first place we're still in the playoff position be patient. Look, even when we were winning many games, we sucked. Apparently, in Rangers Twitter, so nothing's really changed if you think about it. And that's all I got about that. All right. All right. Shout out to the gentlemen, Scott, RP, myself, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Be back next Tuesday after the All Star break. 
Uh, we'll talk about that in Rome, the hot Oilers, and also the Avalanche, man. Sound great, so ladies and gentlemen, be blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blue, 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 blue,